today I'm going to be sharing a little bit about how dysfunctional my family is. Does anybody else have a dysfunctional family? Anybody else want to own up to that? Okay. Uh, maybe some of you. All right. That's all right. Uh, we're, uh, yeah, so we're, we're in this series of the Ten Commandments. Uh, and, and our goal in this series isn't to just think about the Ten Commandments and, you know, what is the letter of the law and what do we need to do. Uh, but uh, as Pastor Tim's been helping us frame this, it's looking at God's commands looking at what his character is from those commands, and then what could our submission look like if we've been saved through faith in Jesus? If I want to submit to God and all that he's done, I want to learn from his character, and I want to serve him and submit to him, uh, what, what does that look like? And so the Ten Commandments are a good picture, a good understanding for us of how we're supposed to live. Uh, and so we've gone through four commands. We're on the fifth command, which is honor your parents. And so that's why, uh, you know, often we talk about kids, and, and so we'll, we'll get there. But even if you're not a little child anymore, this is still, uh, this is still for you. And so I'll, I'll share, yeah, some about my family as we go. Uh, so I would love for you to turn to Exodus chapter 20. Uh, I'm actually going to read in a moment 1 through 12 just to get us up to speed where we are uh, in the Ten Commandments. Uh, so this fifth commandment is found in verse 12, and it, uh, verse 12 marks a change in the scope of the rest of the commandments. Pastor Tim has talked about this uh, in previous weeks, and it's important to notice. Uh, the first four commandments are all about our vertical relationship with God. How, how do we, as mortal human people, interact with an immortal, invisible God that we cannot understand? What is that dynamic? What is this uh, what is this vertical relationship like? We're, we're not like God. He's in control of all things, and so we're, we're different. And it's good to think about coming to God on his terms, the way that he says. Uh, so then the next six commandments are all about our horizontal relationship with other people. So we interact, how we interact with God is significant and will have a bearing on how we can interact with other people around us. And so the fifth commandment is this transition from thinking about how we interact with God to now how do we interact with people and the first group of people that God wants us to think about uh, are our own parents. Uh, so I'm going to read Exodus chapter uh, 20. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. So I'd love for you to follow along uh, in, uh, in a copy of God's word with me as, as I read. So Exodus 21 through 12. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. We're going to come back and think about how that connects to our commandment. Verse 6, But showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And then last week, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested 
on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then our commandment we're going to look at today, verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So we've moved from this relationship with God to relationship with people, but we cannot interact with people the way that God intends unless we are interacting with God the way that he intends. And so there's a good reason and a right reason why commands one through four are commands one through four. And then number five is when we start thinking about other people. And so to begin with, if, if you want to have a good relationship with parents and these other things that we're going to talk about over the next six weeks, if you want to do those things rightly, it's got to begin with the fear of God and wanting to honor him in your life. We're talking about honoring your father and mother, and even though it's the first positive command phrased in that way, a lot of these are negative, don't do this, don't do that, but it's all around the idea of honoring God for who he is. If we're going to honor God, then it's going to lead to appropriately honoring our parents. I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, Jesus, in the Gospel of Mark, said this as he described, what, what, are, what is the greatest commandment? Somebody asked him that question, maybe trying to stump him, and this was Jesus' answer. We've talked about this, but I think it's good to be uh, good to be reminded. Mark chapter 12, 30 and 31, you can just read this on the screen. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment than these. All right, so we need to love God and love our neighbor. And maybe you're thinking, great, I get along really well with my neighbor. My neighbor's awesome. Uh, and if, if you're thinking that, Jesus told a parable to explain to us who is our neighbor. Maybe some of you are chuckling. Maybe you don't have a great relationship with your neighbor. That's all right. Uh, so listen, listen to what I'm about to say. That's, that's okay. Uh, Jesus told a parable to explain to us who is our neighbor, who are we supposed to love our, our neighbor, and the parable was of the Good Samaritan, and the whole point of the parable was any person you come into contact with, you cross paths with, whether they're your family, they live close by, or they're your, they're your perceived enemy, if you interact with somebody, that's your neighbor, you're supposed to love them. And so if Jesus even understands that we need to love God and love others, then it's good for us to pay attention to these commands that could summarize what it means for us to live a life that is honoring to God. And so we, we've broken down these commandments in a similar pattern, thinking about the revelation, um, the, the revelation, the confrontation, the instruction, and the promise, trying to think through these pieces of what does God want us to see uh, and, and how does it impact us even today? And so the, the revelation, what does what God want us to know from this command? I think in one way you could say the revelation from this command is that God cares for his creation. God cares for his creation. The dynamic of family life proves that God wants to care for his creation, namely mankind. Mankind especially is cared for by God, and the whole concept of this family dynamic is something that God came up with. It was his idea. Vulnerable young children need care, safety, nourishment. Sometimes you need to put a helmet on them. They need love. They need guidance. They need discipline sometimes. And in a physical way, God provides that all through parents. But what does it sound like 
Spiritually, we need all of those things as well. And so there's this dynamic that God created in the dynamic of a family that we would see our need for him and that children and parents could be a picture of what God desires to provide for us. And how amazing is that gift that God gave us parents that could provide that for us? Throughout my preparation, it definitely weighed heavily on me that uh, this might not be the dynamic that you've experienced. Thinking about what's supposed to be provided at home, and then you think about your experience, and you say, Pastor John, these are not the same things. Uh, This has been very different for me. Interacting with uh, students in youth ministry, I've come to recognize that this is uh, far from the norm. In fact, I would say it is almost abnormal in a way to grow up uh, in a home the way that God designed it. Um, and that does not mean that people are lesser than if you've come from a home like that, uh, but it things that mean uh, things are different. It's good to be mindful of that. Uh, and today, especially, there is a great need for godly parents to have children that they would point to Jesus so that those children c- could go out and produce generations of families that would love God, point others to him. Uh, our, our world needs that. We need parents to be parents and especially followers of Jesus to send out generations of kids and families that would represent God well. And so while this is, uh, you could say some of these things are the ideal, um, it ought to point us to the spiritual reality of what God always wanted for us to see through this family dynamic, our need for him to be our heavenly father to provide for us. And so we have this physical picture that is broken because we're all broken. And praise God that uh, one day all those things will be restored. Uh, and so, so this is the revelation that God cares for us. He wants to provide for his creation. And how amazing is it that he gave us this picture of parents to do that, to be a picture of him. And even though it's distort, distorted and twisted at times, it is a good gift from God. Uh, and it shows that he cares for his creation. And so here's part of the problem. You could say there's lots of problems that we uh, come across in our dysfunctional families. Uh, Thinking about the side of the children, which is where this command is directed to honor your parents, the confrontation for us is that we think we know best. I want to be my own boss. I'm the captain of my ship. Uh, Kids like to draw very big conclusions about life from a rather small sample size of data. Have you ever noticed that? They, they, they haven't seen a lot, but they're pretty sure they know about the rest of life already, even though they've lived a few years. Um, I, some of you are looking at me and you, you're thinking, well, you're, you're a child. And, you know, that's, that's fair. I am. I have parents. Uh, I, I am a child. Uh, I, I just turned 33 recently. And so I have students in youth ministry that are starting to tell me more and more often I'm twice their age. So I'm feeling a little bit older, but I get that I'm on the young end of life still. Praise God. Uh, it is easy to think that we know, we know it all, or we know enough, or we know enough that we don't need to hear from others that have gone before. But looking back and hearing from those who have gone before is the only way that we can avoid the same problems that people have been experiencing for generation and generation. Have you ever heard the phrase, history repeats itself? Why does history keep doing that? Because we're human and we're proud and we don't think we need to learn from others that have gone before, others that might have good answers to our questions, but we're not even asking the right questions, much less at times looking for the right answer. Uh, and, and so we have this confrontation. And so here, here's a, a story to illustrate this in my own family. It's not about me. It's about my, my, my brother and my dad. Um, 
So my, my, my oldest brother, Jake, I remember this story um, where my dad was trying to encourage him to give t- towards the church with some money that he had earned. And in this conversation, my dad was telling him, everything you have belongs to God, everything you have. And so um, none of this money is really yours. It belongs to God. And my, my brother uh, was a little bit of the rebellious type growing up. Um, and so, so he, he snapped back and my dad said, oh yeah, well, what about this house? And my dad said, what do you mean this house? We just hosted a missionary family that needed a, a shelter for a weekend. We, they just, we just had them this past weekend. And, and it's just this whole interaction of my, my, my brother at a young age, and I could say me and you and all of us, at a young age, we, th- we think we have all the answers. I'm going to stump my parents with this, with this brand new thought I have that nobody's ever had before. Uh, and thankfully, we have parents that can be patient with us, guide us, help us. We, we need that. Uh, because we, we are sinful people and we need direction, we need guidance. We, we think we know best, and our poor parents have the task of trying to help us know what we don't know. Uh, and so it, it is fitting that God would tell us to, to honor them. And so, so that's, the, that's the struggle for us, that we, we think we know best. Why, why do I need to listen to those that have gone before? And yet that is the pattern that God's given us. And so I want to spend uh, maybe the biggest chunk of our time thinking about this instruction that God's given us. What is the instruction for you and I out of this command to honor our father and mother? And so really the commandment I think could be said for us this way. The instruction is that we need to honor God by honoring our parents. One interesting note in this command, when it was given... We have this picture of the, the mountain, and there's fire, and the, the Israelites are afraid, and Moses is on the mountain, and the Israelites don't even want to go near it, and this powerful God is, is designing what culture is going to be like for his people, and he's giving them these commandments. And so when Moses gets these commandments, who are, who are the main audience for these Ten Commandments? It's primarily adults. So often when we think about this command, honor your father and mother, we think about telling our kids, which, you know, I, I tell my kids, you need to honor your parents. But this is primarily given to, and I think directed towards uh, grown-up children who have parents uh, that, that, need to be, that need to be honored. And so are we going to trust God's design? Or are we going to try to honor our parents and in the process honor God? Uh, how, we, how we talk about our parents can be one of the best ways that we honor them, and I'll talk about some practical, uh, practical ways that we can honor parents, but certainly a, a very simple way is just how you talk about your parents could be a way that you, uh, could be a way that you honor them. Uh, confession for me, as I, as I thought about this command, it's something that I felt guilty of uh, years ago. So my, my dad is a pastor, um, has been basically my whole life. Um, and as I was growing up, my dad became known at times uh, in his preaching to say some, some funny things. Uh, and so I would keep in my notes, I would call it the not-in-the-notes quotes. And I would, I would write down these things that he certainly hadn't written down or planned to say and uh, maybe slipped out, you know, these thoughts that you try to, uh, to, to filter out. And just, just, just funny things. And so I would just keep a list of some of these funny things he had said. And my goal is to just, uh, you know, be able to share them, whatever, someday. Um, the problem was that other people started to find out that I had this list, and so they, they would want to know, hey, what, what was it from this past week? And, and, and as time went on, I was realizing that, um, and I became very convicted that I wasn't, I wasn't honoring my dad at all in that, even though I think it started with an innocent purpose of, of just wanting to, uh, uh, to be a, a fun thing. Our, our family likes to maybe poke at each other a bit too much, and so we've all developed some thick skin, which can be good. 
but but I, I realized that I, I was not honoring my dad in, in that way, and so I, I, I had to abandon the not-in-the-notes quotes. And every once in a while, uh, people from my home church will text me and say, I've got, I've got a new entry for you. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the truth is that my, my dad is a far better communicator than I'll ever be, and so hopefully he doesn't listen to these things because otherwise he'll have his own. Uh, maybe you have your list of not-in-the-notes quotes from... Uh, from Pastor Tim or I. That's okay. You can just, you know, keep those to yourself or, um, you know, whatever. Um, it, it can be difficult for us to honor our parents the way we're supposed to because we're, we're sinful. We see our sinful parents and we, and, and we want to, to poke at what they've done, and that's not God's design. Our parents aren't perfect, uh, but we're called to honor them. Now, if you grew up in a home where your parents maybe didn't push you towards honoring God. The, the primary command here, I believe, is to honor God by honoring your parents. And so what about this reality that maybe you're struggling with, that your parents and, and their parenting maybe didn't even push you towards honoring God? Maybe not only do they not push you towards it, but maybe they would push you, uh, push you away from it. That's uh, important to think about uh, because that is the reality that many face. I interact with many students that face that that reality. So what are we supposed to do with, with parents if, if they're not functioning the way God intended? Well, first of all, I would tell you that the fifth commandment doesn't come with any prerequisites. It doesn't say, honor your father and mother if they do what God wants. Now, now we're going to talk about in a second uh, where you might need to steer from uh, obeying them uh, at times, and this command says to honor your parents, and I think that you can not do what they want at times and still honor them, but to honor them is, there, there's no prerequisite. There's no stipulation that they need to do this in order for this. And there's many dynamics like that throughout the Bible. Husbands and wives, there's no, there's no requirement for a husband to love his wife as long as the wife does X, Y, and Z. That's, that's not how scripture works. That's not how God works. You are responsible for yourself. I'm responsible for me and how I honor my parents, regardless of uh, what they've done. Uh, and so I just want to acknowledge that for some of you, it may be very difficult to figure out how can I honor my parents with what my life has been like, and that is a genuine struggle. Um, and so I, I hope to give you some thoughts on that as, as we go through this morning, but that is something that I can't answer for every one of you. That's something that I think you, through the Spirit, through those around you that know you and your situation, maybe you could ask others around you to help you figure out how can I honor my parents with this going on or that going on. Here's what Jesus said in Luke 14, thinking about the, the cost of being his disciple, and he related it in a very interesting way to, uh, to family. Jesus said in Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I don't believe what Jesus is saying is that you should hate your father, mother, brother, wife, sister. He's not saying that. In fact, in uh, Mark chapter 7, Jesus affirms this command to honor your father and mother and points out that there was a tradition in the Jewish community that was like a, a scapegoat to honoring their parents. And Jesus very firmly uh, pointed out that that was false. But what Jesus is saying is by comparison, we are to honor God first and live for him first. And if that is contrary to where our parents want us to go, then it may look like, by comparison, we, we hate our family and maybe that we've turned from them. There, there are people in this world, all around the globe, believers, that in order to follow Jesus, they have to turn from their family. 
Praise God, in our, in our environment, in our culture, many times that is not the case. And, and I can believe in God, and even if my family's not in that same place, we can, we can live together. But it, for many, that, that's not a possibility. And, and so by comparison, our pursuit ought to be God, ought to be Jesus, and, and because of all that Jesus has done. And at times, it might look like we don't love our parents in that pursuit. Following Jesus isn't meant to be uh, a simple road. So honoring God by pursuing Jesus is, is primary for all people. Um, it, it can be easy at times to be distracted from following Jesus, and family could be part of that distraction. Maybe it's easy to obey your parents because they, they have pushed you towards Jesus, and, and, and maybe this command could be easier in, in a way, but no matter what, God is calling you to consider, how can I, how can I honor your parents? Uh, how can I honor my my parents. So, so I want to I want to give you just maybe three. Th- these aren't in your notes. You can write these uh, down if you'd like. Uh, three kind of general ways you can honor your parents based on life stage, because the stage of your life, the stage of your parents' lives, can make a difference in what it looks like for you to honor them. So these are kind of general general thoughts. Uh, but number one, certainly, uh, when we think about life stages, number one is that we need to obey our parents when we're young. You need to obey your parents when you're young. In the room, sitting right now, we've got some that are young. They're at home, and they need to obey their parents. And that can be hard sometimes, can it, guys? Yeah, yeah, that could be difficult. I can attest, and I can tell you that can be hard to do. Uh, When you're young, there is certainly a command to obey your parents. Uh, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is Paul, and he's going to quote this commandment. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Certainly an application of this commandment is that when you're young, God created the family dynamic to be such that children would obey their parents. Obey your parents when when you're young. this, This isn't a big surprise. Um, if, if you're looking for other reading, um, Romans 13 could be a guide for you if you're trying to think through, well, my parents are wanting me to do things that aren't godly. What am I supposed to do? Uh, so I, I don't have time to go down that road this morning, uh, but Romans 13 I think could be helpful for you. It's, uh, it's in context talking about government and people and what do you do when, when leaders, uh, people those who have authority over you want you to do things that are sinful, how are you supposed to react? Um, and so I think that could apply to that dynamic if that's you. Uh, but children, in general, you obey your parents when you're young. And if you're going to go against them or you think that they're calling you to do something that you're not supposed to do, you better be really sure about it because this promise that, that God gave that is affirmed in the New Testament is that it is better for your life, in general, to do what your parents say. That's hot. Don't touch it, Right? these things that you have to say to your kids to help them survive and live well, and we'll talk about that, that promise as we get to the end, but uh, it's interesting that there's a promise associated with this. In general, if you do what your parents tell you to do, your life will be more fulfilling uh, because of it. So number one, obey your parents when you're young. That life stage we can certainly understand. Number two, what scripture affirms uh, for us to honor our parents is that we care for them when they are old. God's word calls you to honor your parents by caring for them when they're old. I am so thankful uh, in this church family, there are so many examples of people honoring their parents in this way. 
Um, some, some that are going through some very difficult things right now as they try to do that. Um, and that can be very hard. And so I, I just want all of you to know that we, we see what you're doing. We're so grateful uh, for your desire to honor God by the way that you honor your parents um, at, this, at this stage of life. God's honored by um, all that you're doing, and certainly um, we want to honor God by the way that we, that we care for our aging parents. Uh, here, here's what Paul said in 1 Timothy 5 to, to reaffirm this. He's talking about widows, but you'll, you'll see the connection here to what we're talking about. It says, honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. Then jump into verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is, and is worse than an unbeliever. Those are very, very strong words to describe how seriously God takes caring for our own family. And again, this might not be possible depending on your circumstance, but, but many times we have the ability to care for our parents when they go on to the next stage of life, where in a way the roles become reversed. The child might need to become the caretaker. The child might need to make sacrifices in their schedule to make sure that their parent is cared for. The child might need to sacrifice money to make sure that their parent has all the advantages that they might be able to have at their stage of life. Does any of that sound familiar? It should because your parents have done those things for you. And the, and the truth is, and what this passage described, that Paul, Paul calls us to make a return on all their parents have done for us. And the reality is that I will never be able to repay my parents for all that they've done for me. Um, it's dangerous telling this story because I've driven some of your children around, but I, I, I totaled a car in high school. It hasn't, I haven't totaled any cars since, I promise. It's, 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 it's been a minute. Um, I've put my parents through a lot. Anybody else put their parents through a lot? Yeah, some of you? Okay. It's good, it's good. I, I put my parents through a lot, and in my family, there's, there's five kids in my family. We, we put our, have put our parents through, uh, through a lot. Um, financially, I can probably never pay my parents back for all that I've costed them, like literally just, just financially. Actually, that same car, six months beforehand, my sister was driving down a gravel road, going too fast, got spun around, went through a barbed wire fence into a bean field, and the barbed wire stretched over the car, the whole car, so that it had, uh, yeah, it, it had scratches in it the whole, through the glass, everything. Uh, the insurance company said, hey, this car that your son just totaled, is that the one we just, yes, yes it is, yes it is. Uh, I've put my parents through a lot. You've probably put your parents through a lot, if you're being honest, and the truth is that we can never repay our parents for all that they've done for us. Maybe your parents have made sacrifices in different ways that you've seen. Certainly they've made sacrifices in ways that you're never going to know because that's the job of a parent, to, to just do what is needed to care for your kids. And so in God's design for family, in this dynamic of family, God set it up so that children would care for their aging parents. 
So we need to obey them when we're young. We need to care for them when they are old. And then number three, I would say, and this is just a general thought, in between, we need to listen to their counsel. In between, we need to listen to their counsel. Proverbs 23, 22 to 25, I have this on the, on the screen here. It says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell it. By wisdom, instruction, and understanding, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. See you, fathers, a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. In between those periods of time when they're old and they need care, when you're young and you need to obey, there is this period of life, hopefully, that you get to experience uh, where you get to listen and learn from the counsel of your parents as you've transitioned from being uh, a child to being an adult. And that shift does happen. Uh, certainly when a couple gets married, there's a clear distinction that God makes for us. Uh, and God's design for marriage is that when a man and woman come together, they leave mother and father and come together and become one flesh. They they leave their mother and father. And so there's, there's this transition of authority, responsibility. The dynamic of the family shifts as children move from being, uh, from being children and adolescents to being adults who are on their, on their own. Now, a lot could be said, and uh, many books have be, been written about under what circumstances does, does a son or daughter come out from under the authority of their parents uh, when are they no longer obligated to just obey you and do what you say, like Ephesians 6.1 uh, told us? Uh, especially if they don't marry. When, when does that happen? When does that transition take place? So maybe let me give you, uh, you know, some questions that some have asked. Is, is it when they turn 18? Uh, in Numbers, it seemed like God had this cutoff for 20-year-olds. In Numbers, if you read about the, the rebellion and who God held accountable for sin, those under 20 weren't held accountable. So does, does God see a distinction at that age? Is it, is it when they graduate from college? Is it when they move out of the house? Is it when they finally get their own cell phone plan and pay for it themselves? Uh, maybe it's when they turn 25 and their frontal lobes have fully developed. Did you know that doesn't happen until they're 25? Is it when they start paying for their own health insurance at 26, right? You could, you could go on and on and, uh, and try to figure out what, when, when does this transition take place? And the reality is all those are good questions. And it is difficult to just say this is the day that the transition happens because it doesn't, it doesn't occur like that. There, there's, there's a process. And so for, for parents, if you're thinking about this, have my kids transitioned from a phase of obedience to, uh, to counsel um, how much longer should I expect obedience versus providing counsel? Um, and, and so if, you, if you're already thinking about those questions, then it probably means you're in the transition of that taking place, uh, of things changing in the dynamic. And, and parents need to pr prepare their kids for the next stage of life, to, to send them out, to have them prepared to live on their own, even though they're not on their own. They ought to want to seek counsel. And so what I would say is be someone, be the parent that they want to ask for help. Be the parent that they want to ask for help. For the child trying to figure out your obligation to your parents, am I supposed to obey them? Am I, am I supposed to just seek their counsel? Where am I at? No matter what, you need to honor them through the transition. And that can be difficult to figure, uh, figure out because it's new for you and it's new for your parents. It's hard for them to figure out this transition and, and what is my responsibility to my kids look like now that things are different. 
At some point, though, the transition becomes clear, and your role as a son or daughter to your parents isn't what it used to be. They're still your parents, but the dynamic of the relationship has changed. It's no longer obedience, but seeking counsel, and we ought to seek counsel and honor our parents by listening to them when they give it. The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom from a father being passed down to a son. Ecclesiastes, much of Ecclesiastes is Solomon wanting to give counsel to his sons and to tell them about what he's experienced. And so parents, you need to be telling your kids, your grown adult kids, about what God has done in your life and what you hope God will do in their life. And, and, and we want your kids to, to listen and we want you to be ready to, to share. So what's the, what's the promise as we, as we work towards a close? Uh, the, the promise that we're given in this command, and, and it's a general statement, is that uh, fullness of life comes from honoring God by honoring our parents. Or we could say even more shortly, fullness of life comes from honoring God. In the fifth commandment, there's this promise. Um, so if you have your finger in Exodus 20 still, you can look there again, or I've got it here. Let me bring it back up. Exodus 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Long in the land, it was this idea of this, this Hebrew phrase that we wanted to experience God's blessing by, by living the way that God intended. We want to live long in the land, experience the full blessing of what God had for us. Certainly the Israelites thinking about the promised land and what God said he was going to do. Uh, for, for us, maybe if you're a Star Trek fan, uh, fan it's that, you know, live long and prosper, that idea. We, we want to experience the long full life that God intended for us. And how is that possible? It's possible through, in part, honoring your parents. Living the way that God intended, not just for a short season, but getting you to experience a life built on living the way that God intended. We know that life, abundant life, as Jesus called it, is only found through him and Jesus' finished work on the cross. Yesterday, um, some of you know I got to visit family. I actually got to be around my parents and my, my grandma yesterday, so I got to put some of these things into practice as I was thinking about it. Um, and and as, as, we were, as my uh, wife and I were getting on the plane, I heard a conversation, um, a, a long conversation, just a whole dialogue of these, uh, the, these couple of uh, kids in their 20s, uh, young adults, um, talking. And, and honestly, if their parents heard what they had said, their parents, I would guess, would be mortified. Um, and just very sad about just all the things they were saying. And it, I, I, was, I was just eavesdropping in a way, wondering what all these things are going to talk about. Just so, so much is inappropriate and not right, and um, trying to figure out, should I interject or what? And it was, it was a big full airport. Um, it just made me sad to think about this life that these kids are headed down, and obviously not living in a way that their, their parents would be proud of or that, that God would want. Maybe you feel like you're very far away from living the way that God would want. You think about experiencing the fullness of life and you, you, you feel like a million miles from living the way God intended. You think about your family dynamic and it sounds, maybe it sounds like it's more dysfunctional than mine is, although I can guarantee you there's, I got lots of other stories I could share. Um, how is it that we can live the way God intended if things haven't been going well so far? We feel like we're so far from God now. And the answer to that is only through Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. The, the dynamic of parents and kids was always to help us understand and see God's desire for a relationship with us. 
Uh, and, and we are broken and separate from God because of our sin, but through what Jesus accomplished on the cross, you and I can be adopted into God's family, treated like a son of his, even if our earthly parents haven't done and function in the way that God intended. You and I can be part of God's family. And so if you want to start living the way God intended, you want to experience the fullness of life, it's got to begin with turning to Jesus, because only through Jesus can your sins be forgiven and God rewire you. And maybe you feel the weight of the way you grew up and you, you think, man, I'm just going to pass this on to the next generation. And often that's what happens. Think about the second commandment and, and, and what happens if we don't honor God the way he wants us to honor him. And there's generational consequences for that. The beauty of the gospel is that there are eternal generational consequences for pointing people to Jesus. And maybe you need to begin the family tree of pointing your family to Jesus. And so this thought, as I thought about, you know, honoring God, uh, honoring our parents, what does all that ultimately point us to? It's that God will be honored eternally through parents pointing their children to Jesus Our world needs parents pointing their kids to Jesus and kids growing up in an environment where they can honor their parents and have a picture of the gospel at home. Our our world needs a picture of the gospel at home. And so my, my hope is that you'd have a desire to honor God, honor your parents, create an atmosphere that uh, points people to Jesus and their need for him because none of us are perfect. And if if you want to be the parent that God's called you to be, you're going to need to see your need for Jesus you're going to have to come to Jesus in order to live uh, like you ought to as a parent. If you want to be a child submitting to your parents, obeying them, honoring God in the process, that is difficult to figure out. And apart from the Spirit working in your life, I would say it's impossible. And so we all need to turn to Jesus. And if we would do that, then there will be eternal consequences uh, for those that we would come across that need the hope of the gospel. God cares deeply for his creation, and because he cares deeply, he gave us the dynamic of a family so that we could see and learn the core gospel truths at home. And so let's all seek to honor God through the way that we honor our parents. Uh, Father, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the love that you gave through your son, that you you sent your son to the cross to die in my place. Uh, God, to save me from my sin because I desperately needed to be rescued. Even, even though I grew up in an environment where I heard about the gospel often, and I'm so grateful for that, and, I, and God, I'm, I'm so grateful for the parents that you've blessed me with that I didn't deserve, that, that pointed me constantly to Jesus. Uh, and God, I'm thankful that you got my attention. So I'm just praying if there's anybody here that needs to turn to you, that needs to have their sins forgiven, God, that you would just work in a miraculous way in their life right now. Help them to see their need for Jesus. I pray that you'd help us to honor you, God, through the way that we carry ourselves every day, especially the way that we honor our parents. God, would you even just be working on our minds now? Use your spirit to help us think of and and follow through with ways that we can honor our parents even this week. Uh, God, we desperately need you, and so we want to pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.